1: Coming up on DTNS, China's bid for tech self-sufficiency, a Swiss replacement for the Apple TV remote, and how an Appalachian town probably has a lot better internet than you do. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, December 9th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt.
2: And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane.
1: And I'm
3: Roger Chang, the show's producer.
1: We were just talking about Golden Globe nominations, how streaming is dominating them, what we think of The Morning Show from Apple TV+. You get that and a whole lot more by becoming a member and subscribing to Good Day Internet at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should
2: know. Chinese phone maker Vivo is doubling down on the growing demand for mid-range devices. Vivo is world's sixth largest mobile phone company and is well-positioned to take on the African market, competing with Transian Holdings and Huawei, among others.
1: Back in October, Verizon announced it intended to permanently remove all content from Yahoo Groups as of December 14th. Uh, They gave the members the ability to download the content before that time. Members of the Archive.org team were using semi-automated Scripts to join more than 5.6 million Yahoo groups to back up the content to the Internet Archive. So it wasn't for spam. They were just trying to preserve it. However, the Archive team announced that Verizon has now banned all the email addresses of its volunteers from joining Yahoo groups and required that users rejoin groups one by one. In a statement, Verizon said 128 people were affected and were banned for violating terms of service. The Archive group estimates this could lead to 80% data loss from Yahoo groups.
2: The trial to stop T-Mobile from buying Sprint began Monday, led by New York and California State Attorneys General. The attorney said a plan to combine the number three and number four wireless carriers in the U.S. would raise prices, especially for users of prepaid plans. The companies argue that a stronger combined company will result from the proposed $26.5 billion takeover and will push down prices for consumers.
1: More things winding up as we get towards the end of the year. Microsoft announced that uh, support for the the Office apps on Windows 10 Mobile will end January 12th, 2021. Uh, not too many of you are using Windows 10 Mobile, but if you are, you should know that the apps will continue to work, but will not receive bug fixes, security updates, and general technical support. Microsoft also announced it's shutting down support for its To Do app, Wonderlist, on May 6th. So you got a little time. Microsoft has been encouraging people to switch over to its own To Do app.
2: I loved Wonderlist. Intel has created a cryogenic control chip codenamed Horse Ridge for quantum computing in Intel Labs, QTEC, and TU Delft. Intel Labs, Q- Tech and TU Delft can use the chip to control multiple qubits. Horse Ridge is an integrated system on a chip with simplified control electronics built with Intel's 22 nanometer FinFET tech. It minimizes distance and cables and operates at warmer temperatures, reducing the cooling challenge. Rather than chasing quantum supremacy, the chip is designed to achieve quantum practicality, something that IBM calls quantum advantage, meaning it can handle problems conventional computers can't at a faster pace.
1: And Apple announced that the new Mac Pro and Pro Display XDR will be available for order December 10th. Mac Pro starts at $5,999 for an eight-core Intel Xeon processor, 256 gigabytes of SSD and 32 gigs of RAM. No details about made-to-order upgrade pricing were announced. The 32-inch by 3384 Pro Display XDR starts at $4,999. No ship dates for either of the products were announced, but uh, December 10th is when you can start ordering them. All right, let's talk a little more about uh, new features coming to the Pixel 4 in Google's first feature drop for its Pixel line of phones. Uh, This is a plan Google has to add new features to the Pixel every month. U.S. Pixel 4 users are getting an update to call screening. It will filter out robocalls and answer unknown numbers automatically while giving you a transcript of that. It's a little bit of an update to what you had to do manually before that. Photos will now be able to add portrait mode to photos you've already taken. Uh, by doing a little machine learning magic and duo the video calling app gets auto framing so you can center around the one or two people that are in the uh in the video frame along with the background blur and smooth display which can take a bad connection and make it look a little better uh, nifty features here i particularly enjoy the call screening one uh, i've done the manual thing where i say yes answer this with call screening and then just kept hitting the i'm sorry i can't understand you until they hung up
2: you know, I love, I know that, you know, the cool features will eventually, you know, will, will, will run out of them, but I love the idea of like, what's the feature drop this month mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, like that, that's sort of a fun way for people to look forward to updates, uh, for features that they didn't have previously.
1: Yeah. And it allows you, uh, I think it's, it's smart in another way because it allows you to promise features, without people feeling like they got ripped off, like I just got the new version of Android and it doesn't have all those features they promised, like, oh, well, they're probably coming in the monthly feature updates. So then it goes from being a someday we'll do this to here's our roadmap. Uh, and and you know you'll start to get them, particularly this call screening feature I remember them talking about and being a little disappointed that it wasn't there right at the beginning. But uh, I'm like you say, it's, it's, it's like a, a little present dropped onto my Pixel 4 this morning.
2: Yeah, you can make it kind of fun if you if you if you roll it out the right way. Also, <laughs> for anybody who is uh, working for themselves and uh, buys their own health insurance, it is open enrollment right now in the U.S. So robocalls are at an all time high. I mean, <laughs> I probably um, dismissed. Ten calls before the show today. This morning, while I was while I was prepping for the show, so anything that can filter out robocalls in any way better than what I'm already doing. I don't have I don't have a Pixel phone, so you know it's this is some of the some of these features are lost on me. But if it works, I hope that it rolls out to you know the the, the phones as a whole.
1: I'm probably uh, going to let it do the answer unknown numbers automatically while providing me a transcript. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can decide whether I want to pick up or not, but I kind of like being in control of that. Uh, to be yeah. honest, it's, it's it's kind of fun. So I don't know. I'll probably it probably doesn't make sense for me to just troll robocollars by leaving it off. I'll, I'll probably take advantage of the the auto screening.
2: And you know, portrait mode to photos that have already been snapped. Uh, you know, it kind of sounds like a little thing, but portrait. Yeah, I, if it works as advertised. That is a very cool feature because you don't always think about that in the moment. You might just kind of snap something and then realize, "Oh, I wish I would have done something a little bit more telephoto." So if 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 the metadata is there and and can be zoomed in on a picture appropriately, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I like that too.
2: The Financial Times reports that China's central office has ordered the removal of all foreign computer equipment and software from government offices and public institutions within three years. Analysts at China Securities estimate this would affect between 20 to 30 million pieces of hardware. The order is likely not going to allow the use of version of Windows 10 developed with the Chinese government it is also unclear if domestic Chinese companies like Lenovo would be allowed to pur- poor purchase, since their products often source chips from the U.S. and also Korea.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is a broader move than what the U.S. did. If you if you recall, the U.S. has prohibited its agencies and uh, funding to be used for the purchase of Huawei products. Uh, but that's a specific company. This is broadly saying: not only can you not purchase U.S. Products you can't purchase anything outside of China, so it's it's all the way the other way. Uh, whether this is something that is being used for leverage, or whether it's something that is a serious attempt to try to stimulate uh, the the local companies which which are already doing well to to build even more for for China, I feel like it's something that. Three years is very aggressive on, especially when Microsoft went through a lot of effort to work with the Chinese government to make an acceptable version of Windows 10 for within China. Now, that won't be lost entirely. Non governmental institutions will still want to take advantage of that that version of Windows 10 because it's approved uh, you know by the government but this is this is going to be harder to implement it reminds me of when China decided to do their own version of Linux and we're not going to use Windows for anything anymore and they ended up having to go back on that
2: hard hard to implement and also hard to enforce, how does enforcement happen in this case
1: well it's it's easier to enforce when you're you're the government saying, our agencies and institutions can 't buy this stuff right because that's that's the, the government is doing it to itself right they 're not yeah. trying to police everyone in China from doing this the one, the other thing that that 's important here is how are you going to make it happen? How are you going to find enough stuff that is acceptably made in your country? to do this. And a couple of items shed light on how China might rely on its own products more. Huawei announced Monday that it will release more products running its Harmony OS next year. That includes smartwatches, smart speakers, and virtual reality devices. Huawei, however, has no plans to roll out the OS to phones, tablets, or computers. They prefer to use Android on mobile uh, and just modify that themselves. Whether a Chinese company taking the Android open source project And turning it into a domestic OS qualifies will be important under those new rules. Also, and this one I think is more interesting, Nikkei Asian Review has a profile of Arm China. Arm China is a subsidiary of SoftBank-owned Arm Holdings. That's the UK company known for making the Arm designs that are used in Qualcomm processors and Samsung processors, etc. Arm China was created in April when SoftBank sold 51% of its stake in the chinese subsidiary of arm still holds 49% but it sold 51% to a consortium of investors so arm is still the majority owner of arm china but not the but it doesn't hold 51% if that makes any sense they they own the most of anybody of arm china but they still don't own the majority of it Arm China has been building domestic supply chains, developing its own intellectual property, independent of the parent company that is good for use just in China. And Monday, Nikkei reported that Arm China has developed code that lets Chinese semiconductors run state approved cryptographic algorithms. Something that would make it very favorable to being purchased for use by Chinese government institutions. It also has infrastructure to make an AI processor called Xiaoyi and a CPU for mobile as well as IoT devices. Arm China's most prominent client is Huawei, so now we know where Huawei is going to get its chips. Nikkei quotes Chris Hung, a consultant at Market Intelligence and Consulting Institute, estimating it would take Arm China about three to five years to have concrete achievements in core chip intellectual property if they wanted to go for full self-sufficiency. So longer than the three years China central office wants for government institutions to stop buying non-Ch- non-Chinese tech.
2: Interesting that the Harmony OS is going into IoT devices, smart watches, smart speakers, VR devices. But Huawei says, nah, Android is still the right uh the the right uh operating system for phones and tablets and computers.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that's because Harmony OS was meant as a wearable uh, as a wearable IoT auto sure. uh operating system and not you can't just make one operating system that works great everywhere. I mean, that's pretty obvious from watching Android stumbles as it's like, well, Android TV is going to be a little different than Android Auto, which is going to be a little different from uh, the main Android. So I think that's actually just really smart of Huawei and probably means they think they can get away with it with using the Android open source project to build their own version.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: I mean, the whole thing really feels at least to me like a, a hedge against any kind of future, not, maybe not fallout, but let, let's just plan for the worst uh, by, 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 uh, by, by implementing um, uh a, Basically key core technologies that they would be able to use uh, in the event that they would no longer be able to access uh, foreign-supplied chips uh, and technology. And also kind of to build a large domestic base uh, that could conceivably support homegrown industries in the same way that Intel initially was supported uh, mostly by domestic companies that needed to use their uh, CPUs, whether for banking or or, um, telecommunications or even home computers.
1: I mean, you have a you have a, a great example of scale in China. So uh, it, it's hard to say that you, if you just walled off the market, you couldn't create the demand. But we're not saying no one in China can buy these devices. They're saying government can't buy these devices. I think it's just going to end up not really stimulating the demand as much as they want, uh, and and biting them uh, in the hand.
3: Well, I mean, you know, the the the. I mean, I'm, I'm not prognosticating how successful they are but i i can i can definitely see what their uh what their view is also i mean in some ways this is just kind of their version of the buy america or in this case buy china campaign where um they do kind of i mean you know they still need to play to a domestic audience
1: well is it and, and though they, that feels like an entirely different thing to me but uh, a buy campaign is trying to get people in general and and they're doing that yeah but this is this is more what the u s did where they're like yes don't buy huawei it's it's trying to cut off the purse strings it's trying to fight back against what 's being done to you that 's why I think this is less about being targeted towards stimulating domestic demand in China and more about the trade disputes with oh the no i i'm I'm not,
3: I'm not saying that the trade has no uh, uh um, facet on this i'm just saying they're they are definitely looking at it i think from more one for more angle. Say say if the trade thing doesn't pan out the way they want it to, they they. St- I mean, you know, what I mean, it's not just a single ended uh, campaign. It's only for trade. It's for trade. Hey, maybe we can might may be able to stimulate local development of as a side uh, software. Sure, technology. certainly. Yeah.
1: I, I also don't think it's a long term plan. I think they'll back off of this eventually if they start to resolve the disputes.
3: Uh, possibly, I mean, uh, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty, and we'll have to. Run over that hump <laughs> to see what cliche, it looks cliche,
1: like. Cliche, cliche, cliche.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about television remotes, shall we? A Swiss broadband provider called Salt, may have heard of them, maybe you haven't, uses the Apple TV to deliver television to its home fiber customers. Okay. Mac Rumors reports that Salt is now offering an alternative remote for the Apple TV to its customers, has a physical four-way D-pad, a menu button, volume and playback controls, and does not include a microphone. So it kind of lacks the Apple TV remote itself in that sense. But otherwise, I welcome anything that is better than the Apple TV remote.
1: Now I don't. I we're on record as disagreeing on this. I I have no problem <laughs> with the Apple TV remote. I've gotten used to that that little touch. Uh, it's not a touch screen. Touch pad uh, that you use to flip around, and I'm fine with it. Uh, I do think that I'm in the minority, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's just that I have more patience to learn it than other people, or if I'm just crazy. Probably you know the, the latter.
2: The the issue is not, uh, you know, th- that kind of touchpad. That all works fine if I am holding the remote as as it should be, you know, with, with with menu up at you know top left. Everything's fine. The problem is that it is sort of weighted the exact same. So unless you're really looking at it, you pick it up and it feels the same when it's upside down or right side up. And most of the time, just because I'm an unlucky person, it's upside down. You, so you I do end up to, hitting have, a button and then I go out into the, you know, you the whole to Apple feel TV You feel
1: thing. for the circle. That
2: tells you which side is up. You
1: don't oh, see, feel for see, the weight. I don't,
2: I don't have the circle, Tom. I have an old enough Apple TV remote that I don't have the circle.
1: Mm, yeah. It's harder with it's, the older one. That's
2: true. It's all, yeah, it's well, all just and, flash. and the fact
1: of the matter is whatever I or Apple think about how superior this remote is, we're wrong. <laughs> I mean no seriously we we are wrong because the majority of people don't like it to the point that a Swiss broadband provider is providing its own infrared right. remote in replacement. And I, I mean, and I
2: read a story like this and I'm like, yes, you can't argue finally. with the results. Yeah. And and yeah. the thing
1: is, this isn't new. You can buy other remotes for the Apple TV right now. If you want to, it's not like this is the first time anyone's ever done that. Uh, right. In fact, Apple still sells its older version of the Apple remote from the previous Apple TV that works in infrared. Uh, it's just interesting to see a provider say, look, we know you could go out and get your own, but we're just going to make it easy. Cause we know enough of you don't like this remote.
2: Uh, TechCrunch reports on Near Space Labs, which provides imaging data on a daily cadence from stratospheric balloon-based devices. The devices launch for a couple of hours; they gather data and then they return to Earth for immediate access. Near Space Labs provides frequent updates at high resolution for use by insurance, real estate, and logistics companies, as well as municipalities. For instance, you could check progress on a large construction project, or monitor traffic congestion, or analyze efficient at a port higher flying satellites are expensive and sometimes can't provide the resolution or frequency needed for these kinds of operations which is where the balloon-based devices come in
1: i mean this is pretty genius i think uh it's easier to get in the stratosphere than it is to get to low earth orbit it's less costly uh it you can get up there and back faster i've the what's not to love about this, as far as the ability to have some some not quite real time, right, that would be the next step up, but, but very, within a day imaging of things that you need to look about look at. I mean, I I could see a municipality just saying like, hey, we need, we need to know what's going on with our traffic, can we order uh, pictures to be taken of the city and its traffic at between three o'clock and seven o'clock for the next five days, and Near space labs would be like, yeah, no problem, we can do that.
2: Yeah. And that's a really great example of someone who's like insurance company. And what would they want with this kind of data? That's what they would want.
1: Well, I was thinking that for a municipality that's trying to figure out the congestion. But you're right. Insurance company might want that, too. I think an insurance company would want to look at, uh, at, at devastation conditions, especially in flood zones. This would be uh-huh. very good just for disaster relief, come to think of it, uh, and and being able to launch these balloons when needed, if there's a flood or a, or during wildfires and things like that. I just uh, I I think there's there's so many good uh, applications of this, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of uh, racking my brain to figure out like, okay, what kind of other insurance (laughs) could could take advantage of this? But I mean, the implications are far and wide Uh, insurance. Again, real estate, certainly municipalities in a variety of of sectors. (laughs) The real Uh,
1: Silverblade thinks insurance companies want to find hidden structures you're not paying for.
2: Or that. Maybe. Right. This is good and bad, <laughs> balloon based devices. Yeah. Good and bad.
1: <laughs> uh, if you're in the insurance industry, uh, let us know what you think this would be used for because I'm sure there is a good use of it that we're not thinking of. Uh, I could think of the logistics one because we talked to Big Jim enough about logistics and ports and just being able to see like what the traffic is in and out, what the flow is like, uh, mm-hmm. whether peak traffic is coming, all, all all kinds of things like that. I'm sure there's other things Big Jim could think, of, think about that we're not thinking about either. Uh, but I, I thought this was an interesting not fang it's not one of the big companies uh but filling a niche that had yet to be filled uh, using the stratosphere for for space imaging at a higher resolution with more frequent updates love it
3: uh, i would say homeowner's insurance is the big one because if you can fly over a property that just got nailed by a storm you can say well we can assess the damage from here
1: oh yeah uh probably not just from there you probably yep. still want your ground-based assessment but that that can help in the assessment that's a good that's a great one yeah Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
4: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
1: Um, a New Yorker piece by Sue Halpern called The One Traffic Light Town with Some of the Fastest Internet in the U.S., That's actually two whole counties. It's not just one town. Tells a story about the People's Rural Telephone Cooperative, or PRTC, which has wired up Jackson and Owsley counties in Kentucky uh, with high-speed fiber, gigabit fiber. The PRTC obtained grant money and loans uh, through the Connect America Fund, now now called uh, the Digital... Uh, the the Digital Opportunity Fund. They also got some money from their sister company Appalachian Wireless and some money from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to build a thousand miles of cable fiber at fifty thousand miles fifty thousand dollars per mile to seven thousand structures. Project took six years. High priced ag was in part due to the commitment to serve every person in the region, no matter how remote. And we're talking about mountainous country here. Uh, in fact, it meant. They had to use a mule called Old Bub to haul fiber through mountain passes and into particularly remote locations uh, because they just couldn't get machines in there.
2: After like the, a mule, like a, like a donkey. Like a mule.
1: like Yeah, yeah. because a lot of farmers mm-hmm. still use mules in this area. They're like, well, I guess we'll use Old Bub to haul the fiber through. Right. After the build out, the PRTC worked with Teleworks USA to train residents for remote work. Local unemployment fell as a result from 12 to 16 percent, depending on which county you're talking about, to 5.5 percent. Residents now work for customer support and tech support for companies like Hilton Hotels, Cabela's, U-Haul, Harry and David, and Apple, among others. Some are, in fact, uh, one- particularly was quoted as tutoring children of wealthy Chinese parents in conversational English, joking that there's going to be a bunch of kids all over China with speaking English with a Southern accent. And the cooperative has plans to upgrade to 10 gigabit. Uh, so they're not stopping there. Uh, it, this, this is, I think a really uh, fantastic uh, and, and very interesting uh, case study of what happens when you have local support for something local will to do something a little bit of financial help to get it done uh how it can it can change a county from being what has been called by some to be one of the poorest if not the poorest counties in the United States to one with you know a reasonable level of unemployment and people starting to get back up in their feet they're not getting rich but at least they're they're able to have jobs that allow them to to pay their own way
2: yeah i mean unemployment falling from Uh, upwards of 16% to 5.5% is, I mean, that is somewhat staggering. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, the, the customers support jobs that are afforded a lot of people because they have great internet are the, you know, the great jobs. Sure. Can't say that, but the fact that there is more opportunity and more people have an opportunity to have jobs and use the internet to their advantage just goes to show you, you know, when you hear stories of underserved areas, and wouldn't it be nice if you know there was better internet in this area? But uh, it's hard, you know, it's mountainous or it's rural, or you know, the you know the the carriers just you know the, they can't make it work. Well, when you do, good things happen. Well, and
3: this, I mean, oh, I was just going to say, this story really underscores how important broadband is in in contemporary society, especially as it is to job creation. It isn't just a nice to have the kids get to, to, to do their homework and a couple of other fun stuff, things, but really just kind of a driver of, of economic growth.
1: Yeah. The, the, uh, the other thing is we're starting to see some more side effects of this. So there's a factory that located here because they were able to do training with people uh, and had the Internet to provide some of the services that they wanted to do in a factory, a factory that never would have opened. This is a place where factories have been closing uh, when the weather is bad or there's a flu outbreak. Teachers can still stream their classes to students at home. That allows them to have what's called a non-traditional instruction day, which means the school district can still collect its funding Uh, because it's not closed. They don't get to collect funds Mm -hmm. to operate the school on a day that it's closed. So there's all kinds of side effects that we'll see happen here. Uh, If they still are able to get the money to do their expansions, or whether it'll be a question of whether we see other areas be able to do this as well. The Rural Digital Opportunity Fund is the one we talked about a couple of days ago, where coverage maps are so important. If a, an area can't get funding because AT and T or Comcast are providing service for one household in that area, uh, th- that's not optimal because C- you don't need to spend a ton of money on this. You need to target it at the places that need it most, but you need accurate carriage maps and coverage maps to be able to target those
2: places. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. We talk about a lot of these stories and others as well. If you haven't been there lately, come on over to uh Submit stories, vote on others, uh, join the community. Also, speaking of communities, join our conversation in our Discord, which you can join by linking to a Patreon account at patreon.com slash D-T-N-S. All right, let's check in with Chris Christensen, the amateur traveler, who has a tip for those of us on the go who also love to write. This
4: is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. If you like to keep a travel journal, and I think you should, you like to write in pen, but you don't want to carry around a thick book while you're traveling I'm going to suggest the Rocket Book because it has a little tech twist to it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Rocket Book, but I ran into it with a friend who's using it for his college courses. It's a thin notebook, it's about 36 pages, and it's reusable. You write with pen on this paper, and then you scan it to the cloud, and then you erase it and start again. And so you can keep as many pages as you want. It is basically an infinitely length notebook that you're writing with pen and paper. So it's an interesting idea for travel or for other things. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler.
1: Mm, that is nifty out to keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh thank you, Chris. And Sarah, do we have anything in our mailbag today?
2: Oh, you know what's funny that you asked, Tom. We do. In fact, over the weekend, we got a lot of responses for our upcoming "Live with It" segment. As you may recall, I am I'm in the 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 last couple of weeks of my "Live with It" segment on the Fitbit Versa Two, my fitness tracker watch that I've been wearing for the last three months, and I've got lots of lots of uh, thoughts about it, and can't wait to share them all with you. But we decided, as a group here, huh? What are we going to do next? And we decided to go with smart ovens. The smart home, I'm super into it, as smart as everything can get. There are certain smart home items that maybe aren't quite right for me. The smart oven, whatever it may be is right for me because I want to, you know, stay alive and and feed myself well. So uh, we we put up a poll over the weekend. Uh, If you haven't voted, it's over um, on our on our Patreon. And uh, we would love your feedback because you're going to decide what we end up buying and what I end up using and using for my food. But uh, just one of the uh, notes of feedback we got was from Howard, who said, Two reasons that I'd like to see the Amazon oven, which is one of the choices, get uh, the long-term review are the price point and the flexibility to use the different types of cooking. I could also see something like the Amazon oven be a good option for college students where space is a serious premium.
1: Yeah, the other two in the poll, which again, you don't have to be a supporter of Patreon, you just have to go to the Patreon to vote, uh, is the June oven and the Tovala. Uh, And they both can be used for multiple types of cooking, too. In fact, the, the way I break it down is Amazon's the cheaper one but it's a little less fully featured. Tavala is a steam oven that also operates a food subscription service if you want it so that you can order their meals that are easily cooked in the oven. Uh, I do that and I love the Tavala service. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and then the June is the one that recognizes the food. It's probably the coolest of the bunch because it also has multiple ways of cooking, but you just put the food in there and it goes, oh, you want to make salmon. Gotcha. Here's how you just press the button and I'll cook it for you. So those are the three options, the three different ways of approaching it. Uh, and mm-hmm. we 've got we have a lot of different opinions on which one of these uh, should be the top don 't we
2: yeah, we do, and it, in fact, even the Amazon oven, it being the lowest price point people have have already been reading and saying i mean don't don 't you see that it has a lot of like one and two star reviews yes, we do, and that 's sort of the whole point of this experiment is okay, what are you know what what are the gadgets in any category that that might be worth, you know, me looking at and really taking to t- taking it to consideration and, yeah, yeah. And, and trying to use and 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 what is maybe, you know, unfairly uh, hyped and, or 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 fairly hyped. Yeah. So, yeah, I want the stuff.
1: Tavala to win because I want you to get all their food. But, you know, <laughs>
2: me to feed Sarah. Uh, but no, in any case, what, what we'll do is we will, we will go ahead and, and go with whatever the consensus is. So please vote. You got eight Uh, days.
1: Get over there. Patreon.com slash DTNS.
2: Absolutely. Hey, shout out to our patrons at our master and grandmaster levels, including Ken Hayes, Brad Schick, and Paul Boyer.
1: We also have a new Patreon reward merchandise to celebrate six years of DTNS. Len Peralta created a fancy new six-year anniversary logo. I just got the mock-ups. They look great. Uh, If you back certain levels at patreon.com slash DTNS for three months, you can get either a sticker, poster, mug, or t-shirt. Get the details at patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch.
2: Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com Send us feedback. We want it. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us, please do. 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 2130 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewshow.com slash live.
1: Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then.
2: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.
3: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed
4: this (laughs) program.
0: Our aircraft connects communities, facilitating cross-cultural communication. Our satellite technology enables communication across the world and allows us to explore space, expanding human knowledge to create a better future on Earth. At Airbus, we're pioneering sustainable aerospace for a safe and united world. Learn more at Airbus.com.